Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. The Square Ball Podcast. Hello and welcome to the show. It's brought to you with Levi Solicitors, who will give you a 10% discount on your legal fees at levisolicitors.co.uk forward slash the square ball. Dan Moylan with you here, along with Michael Normanton and Rob Conlon, as we do propaganda in the wake of the Arsenal game. Uh, we'll have a, a find out what's been said about Leeds United on the internet. Um, TSB Plus members look out for propaganda extra as well in your podcast feed and video on the website. Extra bits of propaganda on top of this. Quick word as well, we've been nominated, um, shortlisted rather, for Fan Media of the Year Awards in the FSA Awards. That's the Football Supporters Association Awards for 2022. It's a public vote, Michael. We love a public vote. We do, because we can ask you all to really go overboard on it. <laughs> uh, every device, every every bit of Wi-Fi you can get your hands on, get a vote in. Uh, we can see, well, if you're watching the video, you can see some some that we've won in the past behind, uh, behind Dan here. Uh, we have won three in the past, one for the fanzine, one for the podcast, and now this is fan media because people like Rob have been doing stuff on the blog and we've got a YouTube channel and stuff. So we're in for that now. So we're up against, I think, Anfield Rap, probably our main competition in that. Yeah, they've got, they've, like, they've got half a million followers. So if it does yeah. go on followers alone, that's five times many of them uh, more than we've got. So we need everybody. Every vote counts. It does, it does. And get, just get practising for the general election. <laughs> Is what you need practice voting? <laughs> yeah, just... Oh, it's quite easy. How do, how do I choose out of the candidates? Voting closes at midnight on Halloween, I think it is, so um, please do it quickly. It's in the next uh, 12, 13 days. Um, the awards are on the Monday after the Spurs game, so you want to vote in Category 4. What we've done is to make this dead easy for you as well, we've set up a redirect on our website, thesquareball.net forward slash vote, and it'll take you through to the to the voting page. You don't have to vote in all the categories, by the way, if you yep. look at it and go, oh, God, there's too much here. Yeah, just scroll to cat- Category 4. The Square Ball, Fan Media of the Year. Uh, but you can if you want as well, because the FSA are a great bunch of lads. That is true. And lasses. So um, the squareball.net forward slash vote, category four for us, if you don't mind. Uh, right, so then um, let's unpack what happened with the, the Arsenal game. General vibes on this one. Billy B ready to torch the whole thing after Palace. This was kind of more frustration. We're, we're getting that sense in the wake of Arsenal. Yeah, and that's how I feel. And it was the it was the vibe through a lot of the feedback. Which we've we've not included, <laughs> but you know, it was a lot of people saying the same thing. Like, 
That was good, wasn't it? Yeah. And it was good. There was no denying it. It was a much, much improved performance. Yeah, I've written for the blog about just the general confusion that I feel over it. But I don't know how to unpack it because it was good and it was definitely better. But then we lost. And Mm. it was a very confusing week in Leeds. It's part of my blog and part of Moscow's match report as well. Is how there was a fire on Saturday night in Leeds City Centre. It was the Leonardo building, wasn't it? Yeah, which is uh, close to Millennium Square, if you're familiar with Leeds. So there were images of Leeds City Centre on fire, then there's a power cut in Beeston on Sunday, and then during that power cut, uh, I saw images of goalposts being sawn shorter Mm. in Birmingham against Hull, and it was all just very, very confusing. I was slightly hungover and tired, and I just didn't know what to make of it in the end. (laughs) Yeah, the goalpost thing was weird, wasn't it? How on earth do you get something like that? Yeah, I don't know how they've made goalposts too tall, but, you know, what? Doping, it's like racehorses. Doping, (laughs) racehorses. Doping the goalposts. Can they make them big enough for Pat Bamford? That's the question. But it was was very much a a symbol of of football in 2022 that the game was held up because they had to basically, the the delay was having to recalibrate everything, wasn't it? To restart, to reboot the whole, whatever, server farm that they've got sat in the compound outside that speaks to Stockley Park and... You saw the referees holding the balls and going, in, not in, in, not in, outside the post, inside the post. I'll tell you what I did enjoy during the electrical faults. At one point, the, the I main... Was holding, I was holding a fictional ball there for the yeah. benefit of the audio listener. The main like. scoreboard was showing what was meant to be on the advertising boards uh, on the East Stand, and then the East Stand was showing the scoreboard. But it was good, because it meant you got a big scoreboard on the East Stand, which was a lot closer, <laughs> and I thought, that's... So they're, they're running it all off one machine. It's useful, that. But yeah, it was uh, there was just a row of tiny little advertising balls being displayed on the, the scoreboard at That's one point. That's what it was, wasn't it? Yeah, because they were all like uh, yeah. tessellated almost, like tiled. <laughs> yeah, that was wild. And, and I couldn't think what that was because mm. I'm on that side, so I didn't see the East Stand boards. But, oh, that's fun, is that? Yeah. I, I don't like, have you seen Old Trafford? They don't have um, proper scoreboards and stuff, do they? So they put the VAR. Uh, they don't have video boards. They've got scoreboards, but not video boards. So they put the VAR stuff on the, um, the advertising boards around yeah, the pitch. Uh, peasants um, <laughs> yeah and with um, with mention to VAR then we've heard from House of Stouts of Stouts I don't think anything Bargat's involvement in that game is a clear and obvious error I think Gabrielle's kick was still reckless and dangerous and the referee believed that because he still got a yellow and Pat's goal isn't a foul if we applied that standard for a foul across the pitch we'd have 65 free kicks a game I was really annoyed that Saliba got away without a second yellow after dragging Pat back when he was one-on-one with Ramsdale um, but I was even more annoyed at Gabrielle, who spent two straight minutes after being sent off arguing with the referee. And I think he intimidates him into getting a yellow instead of a red. He changes his mind, basically. But using that intimidation, I think surrounding the referee like that for that amount of time should be a yellow card in itself. But he can't give him a yellow card if he's just gotten a red, right? So he kind of gets away with one yellow instead of two yellows or one red. Inconsistency. That's the word, isn't it? Mm. I think the disallowed goal, which we'll come on to in a bit more detail, but I think he was saying that VAR shouldn't have got involved with it. I think the problem with that was that they favour the on-field decision, don't they? So Bamford's goal is given on the field. The ref probably looks at it again and or VAR look at it and say, no, stick with your decision. There's not enough evidence to show you need to change it. But then because he does disallow it, they then say, oh, there's not enough evidence to change it. So yeah, it falls. So, so it, is a, it is a goal and it's not a goal all at the same time. Yeah, so it falls into a middle ground of if the ref had given it, it would have probably stayed a goal, but because he didn't give it, it stays not a goal, even though the truth is probably somewhere else, mm. which is why VAR's shit. I'm sure Gary. Um, Tom <laughs> Dixon, and, and this has been included for the typo as much as anything, <laughs> says Dorito was right in the analysis of the uh, of the second penalty call. Are we going for the, the spicy ones or are you going for the cheesy ones? Oh, it's spicy. Or the blue ones that don't really have a, a recognised flavour. I think he means Dorigo. Uh, VAR should have shown the build-up where Gabriel 
deliberately blocks Bamford's run. We'd done it earlier too. Yeah, probably. I mean, just, just, be, better, just be better. It's, it's, it comes down to the things you're allowed to do in different bits of the pitch, doesn't it? Because as House of Stouts was saying, if you give a free kick for that sort of a challenge, you're just looking at a free kick every 30 seconds, which I think we did actually, was trialled during the Villa game, I think was 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 one of the <laughs> things there. But yeah, it, it is one of those things that you can get away with in most of the time. And in the same way as that blocking off of a run, if the ball's going back to a goalkeeper, you're allowed to do that. But if you do it elsewhere on the pitch, you're not allowed to do it. It's weird. There's, there are strange little quirks within football. But it's, mm. like, it's like the amount of shirt pulling that is allowed on a corner is a much higher than the amount of shirt pulling that is allowed generally speaking. But it's one of those things you just go, oh, well, that's just because the way it is. And it all goes back down to subjectivity, <laughs> doesn't it? On the, um, on the disallowed goal, actually, let's just come on to that then. Bay Area Brandon talking about Moscow's uh, saying that Bamford's disallowed goal, the call on that was soft. Mm. You thought it was right. Uh, I've, I don't anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I've not seen it. Moscow had the benefit of his his little telly. I think. Um, Hang on, wait, oh, sorry. Let's yeah. employ the little telly bell. Uh, even in his absence, we six six still, pounds well spent there. Still discuss the little telly, but yeah, I mean, it, there's hardly a touch there at all. And Gabriel, I think the reason I thought it was a foul is because Gabriel jumps so dramatically. But if he doesn't, if he stands vaguely still or is in, in a manner that is reflective of the amount of contact there was, then it's not given. Tweet out about that after the game, having seen the video. And the reaction was about 50-50 split, which goes to show how difficult mm-hmm. it is to, to call these, doesn't it? Should we have, let's hear from AFTV, Arsenal Fan TV, their take on it. That's a goal. <gasps> what That's a goal. goal. Oh, my God. Bamford. Bamford. Oh, he's, saying, well, he's saying it's ruled oh, out. Oh, it's ruled out, is it, with his hand? Well, they're going to look at it. They're going to look at it. He's saying it was chess. I thought it was a goal. I think we should have cleared it, though. Poor defending. I'm hoping it's Poor ruled defending. Out. I don't think it will be ruled out. That was really poor, this, right? Because he's, he's let... Look no, at this. It's, it's how many, Gabriel, how again, long has he got to, to cross it? But get, look, the ball's floating and you allow Bamford to lean into your back and move you and then you're what ready was, to what, complain. What was wrong with that, then? I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Look, look, look. Gabriel's in the position there. That's no, a no, How's he getting yeah, moved that easy? How's he getting moved that easy? That's a goal, man. Yeah, and that's that, poor again from Gabriel. That shouldn't be getting ruled out for me. Look at that. That is too easy. I'm sorry. There's nothing wrong with that. <clears throat> oh, he's ruled it's it been out. Ruled oh my out. God. What? We have got away with I'm that. I'm obviously one. happy, but I'm surprised. That is bad. But wait, no, that but is why bad. is that? Arsenal Fan TV on first viewing said that should have been a goal. So that for me is objective evidence that it was a goal. Is, is, that, it, is that what we're replacing VAR with now? Arsenal Fan TV have a live feed from Stockley Park and they decide everything from now on. It does make you wonder if there's some a better way of doing VAR where you just have a panel of a load of fans who watch it and go. Ah, that's a goal. Yeah, you so, argue, just argue argue it out for about five minutes until <laughs> everyone, everyone in the stadium. St- 100, 100 people all with a button, goal or no goal. Oh, like like a millionaire. Yeah, it's the way we've been saying with uh, offside, though, isn't it? Where you just go, ah, he's offside. Come on, let's yeah. just crack on. Like, there's no need to wait. I was uh, in the ground watching Bamford's goal. I didn't really know what had happened, and then I text a mate who's an Arsenal fan, asking what he thought, whether it was right or wrong, and he says uh, he thought it was the right decision, but he says, yeah, I am biased. It was quite soft, and then. So I was kind of like, all right, maybe okay. Maybe it should have been disallowed. But then seeing the replay, that's a goal. It's just piss weak defending, isn't yeah. it? Like, it is. He, he doesn't attack the ball, does he? In a way, it's just, yeah, it's he, he allows Bamford to. Bamford is the one who's actually trying to win the ball, and therefore it looks like he's fouled him. But it's a, it's meant to be a physical contact game. So you, there's a bit of when you jump, when you go for a header with someone, there's a bit of physicality in it. Absolutely, always. And it goes back to the old thing about. The game's not what it used to be. Game's dying off. Contact sport and so on and so forth, doesn't it? Um, let's talk quickly about Jesse because Rachel says, is it time to give Jesse a break over this game? Like he can't make the players make better decisions and, and missing a penalty and 
what Rachel describes as as poor officiating and Rachel saying that the game plan was fundamentally sound. I, I think so too. The question comes next, doesn't it? Like, can we do it against <clears> the so-called lesser sides who set up differently? I think we've, we've sort of passed the test of being able to play in a in a more open game, haven't we? On the evidence of Chelsea and Arsenal. I think um, that ties in with the frustration and weird feeling on Sunday of not knowing who to blame afterwards because it was, it was so self-inflicted really. Like, I was walking back up towards Holbeck after the game and walked past some fans I overheard talking about an FA conspiracy. And <laughs> they're still, was, still going on. Yeah, they were saying, well, you know, like, they didn't want Leicester to win the league back in 2016 or whatever it was. And, you know, maybe that's the only way you can explain Rodrigo's pass or Bamford's <laughs> finishing or Somerville missing that chance. Yeah, it's as good as an explanation as any. I, I mean, the big six do seem to get a, the, the, a favourable rub of the green on VAR stuff, don't they? Yeah. And like they, you saw the Chelsea, I can't remember the player who made the challenge this weekend, but that that challenge mm. on the Villa player that was an obvious... Was it Chilwell? But... That was it, yeah. It was an obvious red card. And you can see Cucurella <laughs> running into shot with his head in his hands being like, oh fuck, he's getting sent off here. I've, yeah. I've, What's he done that for? I've just witnessed someone doing a red card tackle and he gets yeah. away with it. And you think, well, that's that's always... It's, it's the mad other way that's well, definitely you, given. I was going to say, look at Jurgen Klopp getting sent to the stand as well, um, which, you know, ref sending another ref off, etc. Mm. Um, but going back to the Harvey Elliott chance when Klopp put himself on the pitch and effectively mm. talked the referee into doing something about it, and Strout was sent off, as we know, not on the basis of the tackle, but on the outcome. Yes, yeah. which is fucking wild. Yeah, because that look at the the Chilwell tackle, look at the Strout tackle. Which of those is a red card? And I want the Strout thing. It, it probably happens every single match. Does that tackle? It's just normally fine. Yeah. So anyway, we're talking about something that happened a year, <laughs> a year or more ago. We should probably let it go. But it, <laughs> like I was said before, like on the Phil Hayes show, I'm still upset about God and Watson in 1991, <laughs> whenever it was 92. So there'll be no letting it go, Michael, ever. Fair enough. I mean, Rachel does raise the the other point of saying uh, she can't as easily overlook the stonewashed abomination that was his genes. Yeah, I said they're not piss friendly, are they? They're not drip friendly. And is, is a man approaching 50. <laughs> <laughs> are you, as are you, Dan? Are you even, are you even I'm not approaching 50, you cheap <laughs> fuck. No, we haven't got the blubbering hose pipe going on yet. You're prepped. <laughs> Jesus Christ! You're, I mean, you're, you're approaching fifty. I'm not approaching fifty. It's the next, it's your next milestone. So fucking what? That's like that's like saying my 11 year old son is approaching twenty because his next milestone old, is that. How old do you think Dan is? <laughs> I hate you. I'm 44, by the way. Let's not do it. Nathan uh, talking about Marsh as well. Is he hinting about needing more up front? Because a couple of weeks in a row, he said we need to score more goals. But this is a problem going back to Bielsa, isn't it? This, people are not converting enough chances. So. Does, is there a, is there a coach out there apart from probably with the uh, exception of Bielsa and even then I probably don't necessarily believe that they didn't want more up front who doesn't want more players better players I mean of, he did he did do. love both Pat and Tyler so that's true and um, let's talk about Rodrigo then Philly Zach has got in touch lads currently the 27th minute Rodrigo just looks infinitely more dangerous as a striker don't know how they're going to make it work in the future slotting everybody in but this is where he needs to be if he's going to be on the pitch Hopefully this becomes a time capsule and is part of a glorious win. Oh, God bless your naivety. Is there, is there a part two, Michael? There's, there's a part two. There's a part two. Well, I went from he looks brilliant at striker to get him off at halftime pretty quick. Absolutely brain-dead cross. <laughs> and it was stupid, wasn't it? I think that's where we've... That's where Rodrigo puts us. You kind of see him mm. do something and you go, oh, maybe it's, maybe it's going to work this time. It's not going to work this time. Yeah, it's funny reading some of the online reaction afterwards. There's people saying, well, there's people just mainly saying, what the fuck? But mm-hmm. um, there's also people saying, see, you know, he's not a number nine. And people saying, no, look, he should be a number 10. And 
Nobody knows what he is, do they? Mm. And I don't know. And it, no one knows what that was. No. Um, the little Yank Badger got man of the match. I just noticing from the uh, the scores out of ten, which we'll do more completely over on Heroes and Villains. We'll shift it over there. Yeah, we're having a bit of a reshuffle this week. Yeah, yeah. you may have noticed. So um, seven point five seven for Aronson, Rodrigo, other end of the scale at uh, three point six three, mm. which feels a bit. He wasn't. He made a mistake, but was he? He wasn't that. Was he that bad? He was bad after that. Mm. Yeah, he, he's, he started. He, he right. mentally collapsed, didn't he? But that's the way he seems to be. He just seems to have games where stuff goes wrong for him and like then he, a cheap gazebo in the wind he just folded didn't he <laughs> he just that. continually does stuff wrong I mean Joe got in touch to say I do think Melier should do better for their goal but having said that what the fucking fucking fuck is fucking Rodrigo fucking doing not a knack of the algorithm on it <laughs> yeah no I, that's, I mean that's what I felt I, my, my attention did you do the same immediately turned to him when that goal went in and you just saw him he put his head down he, he felt like he almost mm. had to perform putting his head down he went Oh, it's because he's done. I know, some, I know what I've done. It's because he's done something so weird. Like you see, people make normal errors quite often. Like someone will dwell on the ball, or will try and just they'll leave a back pass short or something. And goals that are definitely that player's fault. But you can sort of see how it's happened because they've tried to do what they've tried to do is something obvious. You've tried to be clever, and it's gone wrong. But in <laughs> this case, why? It was, <laughs> it was it was a Hollywood ball. He was trying to be dead clever. Like, Rock has stood. Yeah. Yeah. Like 10 yards in him, away from him. And if he passes to Rocker, Rocker can then ha- see the whole pitch and play a, a forward pass. As, I mean, it, it goes back to what you, you were always taught as a kid playing football, which is play the way you're facing, mm. you know? And and also, one of the other 101 rules is don't twat the ball across the face of your own goal. It, obviously, it's less risky when you're over towards the, the halfway line. But when the players are spread as it was like that... Maybe you know, he was going just, for, um, if in doubt, kick it out, but he didn't quite kick it far enough. Yeah. Trying to put it out for throwing on the far side. he can't use his right foot to put it near side. <laughs> yeah. Yes. It's, yeah. It'll remain, I think, probably one of those mysteries. <laughs> well, why, well, why he did that. If you asked him now, I'm sure he'd be like, yeah, I don't know. Because there wasn't even a ball out there, was there? The ball would have been to Strauch, who had someone near him. So it would have been a stupid ball anyway. It's not like... There was Sinistera who was about to be thrown goal if it hits it properly. Like the, the ball isn't even on. Hey, just returning to Pat, by the way. You remember Moscow said, because he's not here to defend himself, we can go in on him now. Mm. Uh, Moscow said on the match ball that Bamford didn't have any other good chances. So have you, have you been doing research on this to, to disprove it? <laughs> yeah, I mean, if Moscow was there, he'd say so. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but yeah, he did have our three best chances of the entire game. Because you've done the XG and that's a big circle which suggests a big chance is that, that penalty. That, that's the penalty but then he also had the sec- the two other All right, so that's the whole pattern of all of well. them. That's all of our XG chances yeah and he had all right, the, we'll, we'll send that to Lee our video person and we'll get that put yeah, to He the, had the three video. best. Yeah. Uh, three of which all counted as big chances and that led on to he has had eight big chances this season and I don't know if you know how many goals he scored. He scored none. He scored none. Yeah. He scored none which, which puts a, him It's a 0% conversion rate isn't it? Puts him top of the big Chances missed, but he's beating he's beating off um, Erling Haaland, which is an interesting image for you, mm-hmm. uh, in second place, who has missed seven big chances, but has scored fifteen goals. Has done a little bit more <laughs> in the other direction. Yeah, yeah. I think his uh, his conversion rate isn't particularly up for up for uh, debate. Here. It's twenty six percent of his shots go in. Basically, yeah. uh, Joe's had some thoughts then on Patrick Bamford. Oh boys, what a fucking frustrating day. I mean. It was just, it was a return of championship Bamford. I mean, I know that the disallowed goal is uh, soft, to say the least, but, you know, getting it stuck under his feet constantly, looking like fucking Bambi on ice, going down pathetically when Gabriel fucking sticks a leg in the air near him, fucking missing the penalty. Just championship Bamford, and there's no evidence to suggest 
that will get the proper first season in the Premier League, Bamford back. And that's what makes it so fucking frustrating that they didn't sign a striker. And Rodrigo, fuck me, he's not a striker. Fucking idiot. <laughs> uh, there, is, there is evidence to say that we, we can get him back because he's done it before. Just the same as there's evidence that he could be championship Bamford as well. Mm. I think it's been a bit unfair to him, but I get I, I get it's set in frustration in the wake of the game. He's he's such a strange player, but yeah, I think the evidence which Marsh has been talking about is the fact that he's getting these chances, even though he's missing them. I was we were chatting earlier before the show, but in the season when he did score lots of goals in the Premier League, he also topped the table for big chances missed. It is kind of what he does. Well, as, as I said there, um, Haaland is the evidence as well that you do miss chances yeah. if you get chances. And that, yeah. That's the thing when he tops that table of big chances missed when he scored 17 goals or whatever it was. The players directly behind him were Mo Salah and Jamie Vardy who also scored lots of goals. And I think Marsh has been chatting a lot recently about the fact he's getting these chances even if he is missing them. He hopes that it will come good. And also we saw in the second half that as frustrating as Bamford is and, you know, there are times when I want to strangle him but our team for however long has been completely geared around him and the movement he has and the pressing he does, it makes us such a better team as we saw in the second half and Phil Hayes written for The Athletic today. And there's two interesting graphs comparing the passes that Leeds play when Rodrigo's on the pitch and when Bamford's on the pitch. And when Rodrigo's on the pitch, it's all coming short and weirdly it looks more like a number 10 playing the number nine role, which is the problem, isn't it? I guess nobody knows what he is. And then when you see... When Bamford's on the pitch, it's all these direct through passes in behind the defence. It's all the Red Bull handbook, which is what we're trying to play. And as we saw, it works to a point, but he needs to put the ball in the net. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I got a bit frustrated on the match ball and was like a big baby saying, I just want <laughs> us to sign a striker. I want everything better now and yesterday. That I think is has been a failing. Is that I, It's not that I want them to bomb Bamford out. I just want them to put somebody else in alongside him that they can compete for that position. Mm. Um, so we're not having to just rely on his goals because Rodrigo's had his streak at the start. Is he ever going to keep that up? We don't know. And from um, and from Bamford's, uh, it's not a new thing. It's a guy who's him. been out for a year, mm-hmm. by the way. Yeah, he's not played in ages. And I look back through his seasons with us and the, his kind of performance against XG. In the season when we went up in the championship, he scored 16, but should have had 24, according to that. And if you remember, people wanted... We were we were there some, sometimes saying this when he went on runs without scoring and looked like he would never score again. We're like... Just play Tyler Roberts. Just play Eddie and Ketia. There were times when people definitely... Ryan Edmondson. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah, there were times when people just wanted someone else in the team. And I think when you see him finishing as he as he is, it's hard not to want someone who might actually, mm. might actually score yeah. in there. Just because yeah. his confidence doesn't look right. And he, he, he does weird things, I think, when he's like this, does Bamford. He, gets, he sort of gets overly fired up with stuff. And the way he... Him going down to the Gabriel challenge, I still think Gabriel should have been sent off because he definitely did kick out. But I also think it didn't hurt Bamford, and it, it sort of—it was almost the same reaction from Bamford as he. He got, as, he got as, straight back up, didn't he? Has happened in that Villa game where he sort of went a bit mad and mm. started just trying to get something, trying to almost like force something to go right. Well, is he is he possessed by a bad wizard? That's the it's, the immediate obvious thought. It's unlikely. Well. <laughs> <laughs> Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Here's a cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact you can get short term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. 
United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. A very stressed man got in touch to ask, are we actually cursed? Yes. Um, as I mentioned on the match ball. Uh, saying that Bamford, this is a reference for you, Michael. I know you like your, your fantasy um, tits and dragons and orcs and shit. Orcs and uh, shit in brackets. Yeah, there, yeah. Uh, Bamford looks like King Theoden from Lord of the Rings uh, in brackets. Orcs and shit when he's possessed by the bad wizard. And I know, I know what that reference is about. Well, <laughs> if you do, congratulations. <laughs> I have no idea. Do you know what it's about? No, no. Yeah. Orcs and shit. Is it's that when the orcs and shit? The orcs and shit. Yeah, bad, the old bad wizard. Yeah, uh, Adsham does like Moscow's consistent love and support for strikers that can't score. <laughs> Bamford is this year's Tyler Roberts oh god bless him well, let's hope, he just needs one to kickstart him doesn't he and he does. like you say I think it's that thing you can see with Bamford and when you say he goes mad he's just not quite in his groove yeah, and just... we, and we are undoubtedly better with him when when he because he, he kind of was in his groove in terms of the problems he was causing him yeah. they, but he needs that goal doesn't he they really like, struggle to deal with it's him. like he's got a monkey on his back and he can't just he just can't shake it off that, that goal that was disallowed would have been the perfect Pat Bamford Mm. has finally got a goal goal yeah. that's the kind of thing he needs because yeah. it, it was it came from did he did the ball get stuck under his feet first a bit of miscontrol and mm. it sort of came back to him and he scored the header that's the kind of thing that he always seems to need it wasn't a header I can't swept I it in, he swept it in off the ground didn't he with his he, foot I think he, he went for the challenge it's interesting from the Arsenal fan TV clip actually when it was disallowed Bamford was ran straight over to the ref and was saying it was my chest it was my chest because he thought it had been disallowed for handball right Little did he even even guess. Well, it's the FA, con- FA conspiracy, isn't it? Um, mm. Ghost Shark, who was on, was it last week? Uh, with it's been the, the last couple of weeks, I think. Terribly threatening voice, Ghost Shark. Uh, we wondered where the nickname came from. Was it after some sort of maybe Hollywood B movie or something like mm. that, like Sharknado type stuff? Uh, we've had an explanation. Oh, lads. Oh, should I say great bunch of lads? Uh, Moscow, you're fucking wrong. My nickname don't come from a shit fucking film. It comes from a fantastic song. Uh, equally fantastic combo called Rocky from the Crypt from San Francisco. Check them out. Don't be a c- <laughs> <laughs> if, if that voice is is put on and not real, fair play. It's it's the fact it's so close to the mic as well. Yeah. It makes it sound extra. It makes it sound like someone's whispering in my ear, threatening. But I was going to say because I kind of craned in then yeah. because I felt like somebody was whispering <laughs> in my ear. Like I just needed to get closer. Anyway, yeah, he's, very, we- he's very sweary. He's ghost shark. Oh, good. So he's, he's, done, he's done a little summary of the game, which has got a lot of. Uh, he really uses the bleep function. <laughs> is he uh, is he vying for a job with Sky Sports? Let's find out. Fuck me, we should have won that. We were so much fucking better than those. <laughs> Second half, we fucking battered them. Kavanaugh, VAR, Tierney, both massive. <laughs> Rodrigo, fuck off. You're a. <laughs> Would he cost 
27 million. People talk about different fucking figures and shit, but he ain't worth 27 fucking quid. Time wasting again. Every fucking time, a fake injury. I'll take a gabsome round. That c- didn't stay in a fucking technical area all fucking game. He's a c- <laughs> And also, finally, electricity is a massive c- <laughs> Do you do kids' birthday parties go shock? You don't uh, You don't get that on the BBC Radio Leeds phone in, do you? You don't. You elect- absolutely do not. Electricity. Uh, being blamed at yeah, the end. Of- absolutely. Let's get on to some stuff from AFTV then. Arsenal Fan TV. Lee, Lee the Baldy Millwally ones. Similar sort of vibe uh, to Ghost Shark. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah, him, this is him talking about the power cut, actually, but I just think he was uh, I just think he was right, so I've included this. Do you know what, what I'm going to say one thing about that, like, cool. you know, the paying fan, as we all are today, like, none of us had a clue what was going on. They didn't even tell us didn't what tell was us. going on. Held We've had to find out from, from phoning home and things like, like, you know what yep. I mean? Felt like E.T., like, phoning home, you know what I mean? Ridiculous. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, no one telling us yeah, what's nothing. going on, like, do you know what I mean? Paying, paying customer. Mm-hmm. You know, we got but... trapped in there, we didn't get, have no information. I was quite su- surprised I didn't, yeah, let anyone know. We were just there waiting around. Well, exactly. And the only reason we knew it was going to be a 22 kickoff was because people were telling us on phones. Uh, I mean, he's right, though. It wouldn't, it wouldn't have harmed to, because apparently people on TV knew what was going on and people on the ground didn't. Right. And that is shit. I, yeah. feel, like, I feel like it's become, with VAR stuff as well, that's all much better when you're watching on telly that all makes more sense because the commentators communicate stuff to you it feels like it's it's swung away from people who are actually at the ground being vaguely important let me just put the put this to you then if they'd come on the PA and said bing bong just to let you know that electricity is back on everything's fine but we now need to re uh, <laughs> reset VAR Hawkeye and check that everything's working thanks for your patience it would have annoyed people more, which you could see it already did as well when you know when they were testing them, people were singing like "fuck VAR." And but stuff, it seems like they? people at home have been told it was going to kick off again at twenty two, and it was like an actual scheduled thing. Yeah. Whereas in the ground, mm-hmm. you didn't know that. So as soon as people have been in the cot bar having a pint, and they'll have seen players running back out on the pitch, and be like, "Oh shit!" And then it was another fifteen well, minutes well, they after that. The, they got on the PA and said oh, the game will resume in ten minutes. They said that. Yeah, but only like ten with ten minutes to go. Have you, know, have you ever had a fucking delay in an airport and yeah. thought, "Oh, I wish I knew what was going on," but. I'm not going to get upset about it. Uh, Grow up, Michael. I did enjoy. Uh, <laughs> I, think, I think I think they they could have done better. I did enjoy 20 minutes into delay when they they came over the tunnel. I went, "There's a delay." <laughs> like, yeah, and everyone's just like, "Fuck off!" No way. It actually did genuinely rile everyone though because they were, they made the announcement that we've uh, there's been a power failure. Game is now suspended. Everyone went boo, and then it went bing bong, and then a, a different lady's voice came on and said, "We are trying to fix this problem as soon as possible." Thank you for your patience. That just riled everybody. You've made the announcement. Just let everybody be quietly annoyed. But anyway, um, Lee actually got on to talking about the game then as well, did he? I'll tell you what, we got away with one. Unbelievably got away with one. That's the worst we've played for a very, very long while. Credit the Leeds. I thought they were brilliant. They hassled us. They they closed us down and we couldn't handle it. And uh, we got lucky today. There's no two ways about it. Very, very fortunate. Do you not give any credit to, to Arsenal and how they held off Leeds for so long? I know you're saying they were poor today, but Arsenal did well surely to, to hold them off. Well, look, listen... Thanks to Aaron Ramsdale. Yeah. That's the only reason we've won this game today. It was absolutely superb. Mm. Made three or four good saves. They, they had a penalty. They, you know, they've missed it. That's fortunate. Silly shenanigans at the end. I don't know what all that's about. Like, you know, um, we never held the ball up once from up front there. Jesus, that's the worst game he's had for for Arsenal. There you go. It's hard to disagree, isn't it? Really. Although you've just like won your top of the league, and yet still you managed to kind of take a negative point of view on it like we got yeah. away with one there Which, but you are going to get away with some of them if you they've won nearly they every were, game they've they were played. very pleased to have won yeah it's worth saying oh, fair enough but uh, but yeah 
thoughts from Julian then also on Arsenal Fan TV about um, about our precious, beautiful home. But as we were coming in, Lee described Elland Road as a proper football stadium. Now, if his definition of a proper football stadium is an antiquated, derelict, nasty little place that the, the, I mean, the gangways, you can't even get through. It's an accident waiting to happen. The toilets, it's just, it's just disgrace. It's the I mean, same yeah. sort of thing. These, this idea, this is, you know, Robbie's talking about 2022 and there's no internet access. I'm not really bothered about internet access when I'm, when I'm going to football. I actually want to watch the game, so I don't care about that. What I do care about is the fact that I can watch the game in a comfortable, safe environment. Now, Ellen Road, is, it's just not, I mean, maybe the other stand was great, but where we were, terrible. I mean, I had a view of um, a post in front of me, so if you're going to ask me about details of the game, no, I can't really, I didn't see any replays. I saw something between a post and, um, you know, some six-foot-four giant um, in front of me, so I'm kind of going from side to side yeah. trying to actually see the game. It's not a great stadium. So other than that, it is. You know, Leeds, the team played brilliantly. Yep. The enthusiasm of that team was fabulous. Yeah. But the fact that we were able to come here and play a team that won't play better than that all season, that was Leeds Cup final. Leeds were fantastic, but we were better because we won the game. Not our cup final. No. No. No, but we, we all do. turn up to watch Leeds. It's been full every game, hasn't it? It's, it's the same for every game. Um, yeah. Obviously, there's more demand for Arsenal because it's a better fixture, but that wasn't our cup final. Let's state very clearly. Is Ellen Road a shithole? Is it a death trap like he's making out? Yes. Great, though, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. <laughs> I mean, that bit of the West Stand is because we do occasionally get, um, when we play bigger teams in particular, we get, we'll get Arsenal fans uh, maybe listening to this. That bit of the West Stand, it was always the last bit. But it used to be home fans in there, and it was always the last bit to sell, wasn't it? Because yeah. it's the way Ellen Road was constructed, the South Stand, which is the, the end near the where the away fans are that was initially a really tiny little stand yeah the scratching shed as anybody who's and then, a Leeds fan will know so the west stand was built with the tiny little stand there then they built a bigger stand so the seats on the end of the west stand don't actually face the pitch anymore they yeah, face, they moved they face a stand they moved everything 20 or 30 yards towards the cop end didn't they yeah. um, so that sticky out bit yeah it's, so it's from the 1950s and it's in the 1950s it doesn't face the pitch which is, <laughs> and it's the shittest part of the ground which is why the away fans are in it yeah um, just be grateful we let you in at all. I think the other bit of the West End is nicer. Well, I mean, I've, I've been in Shy though, the it? rest of the West End. It's still, yeah, it's still pretty. Well, it's still pretty old. Well, rest assured, Arsenal fans, we know because your old mate Angus Kinnear told us the planning now. It's coming down, mm. isn't it? They'll be, we'll, they'll be able to come and look at a new one when they get shunted to the next shit. part of the game <laughs> for next next couple of years visits. Probably, yeah. It'd be well, probably go back in the cheese wedge, won't they? Something. Mm. Um, although they like they like having the old. Um, Gulag for the away fans, coaches and stuff, don't they? In the, behind the West I End. I do wonder if they, if can, they, they re- sneak them Yeah, I was going to say, if they rebuild it, um, do they perhaps put the away fans in that corner, like a purpose-built 3,000 section there that sort of butts onto mm. the, the South Stand or whatever? Well, I guess we'll see when they get on with the plans, won't we? But you're, you're supposed to have... Um, some of your away fans have got to be next to the pitch level as well. It's one of the Premier League rules. I don't know if you knew that. Oh, right. Which, but they've excused Newcastle from doing that. And stick you all the way up in the gods because Newcastle claim they can't safely accommodate home fans further down, uh, away fans further down. Sorry, I mean going up those stairs doesn't feel safe. It's, a, <laughs> it's such a long way. It's very, it was very, very sweaty up there last season. Um, AFTV, but they were talking to Beckford, were they? And our own, our own Beckford, our own Beckford. Yeah, was it was it? Out, outside the ground. It didn't, it didn't seem that they actually were interviewing him. They were say, just talking to him or at him. <laughs> <laughs> they were just sort of chatting in a circle around him. I don't think he he wasn't looking at the camera, so I'm not sure he knew he was being filmed. But I think that makes it quite nice. Is this it's like, like a when little... Princess Diana had those sneaky photos taken of her working out in the gym? 
This is what it's like. Uh, Beckford was... A nice contemporary reference there for uh, the Gen Z kids who are watching. I think Beckford has a coat on. Hey, YouTubers, don't forget to like and subscribe. It's a creep shot, I think, <laughs> what it be described as these days. <laughs> When Patrick Bamford's fit and he shakes off the rust, look how many chances he created. He played 45 minutes, created Look, any other day, when Patrick Bamford's fit and he shakes off the rust, look how many chances he created. He played 45 minutes, created six, seven chances. Good changes, good chances as well. First minute, he was come out flying. I was very impressed with this. Done a job on Jesus. No one's done that this season. What a player he is, by the way. Oh, he did play well today. He's very quiet. That's a credit. That's credit to Leeds. Exactly. You know, I like for you. You know, I like for you. Leeds, that sincere. Yeah, yeah, he's not for sale. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know what I'm saying? You can look, but you cannot touch my brother. <laughs> uh, Beckford with the classic lap dancing rules there. Uh, uh, yeah, it was it was a little bit garbled, which made me feel like somebody had just kind of shoved the phone in in mm. the middle of a gap there when they were just having a chat in there. But I thought it was quite nice to hear Beckford because I, I don't. Like out in I, the wild. I don't. Yeah, I don't think he he knew he was necessarily being um, recorded. So to hear him praising Bamford, quite mm. uh, quite interesting. So we're delighted was... to. Uh, <laughs> played the private Beckford tapes. <laughs> it was on, I mean, it was on YouTube. If, if, Jermaine, if Jermaine's listening to this. I don't feel bad for it. But yeah, they were saying our centre-backs have kept uh, kept them quieter than anyone else this season. We've not spoke about that. Robin Cock was excellent, I thought, as he has been most of the season. Yeah, really good. Uh, really we're going to we're gonna hear from the uh, the Consuelo lot in a minute, aren't we? The, uh, we are. The Manchester uh, City, City Extra lads, which are, are always a treat on this show. First, let's do Troops TV, though. Um, yeah. So... so tr- <laughs> You're upset about this, Michael. Oh you, you, you had to find this. So Troops, just for anybody who doesn't know, Troops was on Arsenal Fan TV and you've described him here as a splitter. Yeah, I, mean, I don't know if he's, I don't know if he chose to leave or was kicked off or whatever. We've had him on before. He's the one who gets really shouty and starts throwing stuff about and everyone in the room just looks... Did, did Arsenal Fan TV HR say maybe... Horrendously you know, awkward about the whole thing. We'll let you put your resignation in, but... <laughs> Yeah, that kind of vibe. I, I know. Last week, I said Sonny was maybe one of the worst human beings. Yeah, about he's probably got competition from Troops. Worth, TV. Worth, if, you, if you adopt, uh, if you missed last week, by the way, um, the second half of the show, uh, it was in the second half, wasn't it? Mm. Sonny, yeah, yeah. It was the previous Liverpool fan. It's worth going back if you missed it because we lost to Palace. But you're listening to this one. Do go back and listen to Sonny if you want to feel better about yourself and your own life choices. <laughs> I will say. So yeah, so Troops. This is. I mean, this is this from his live stream, which is about three hours long, but it's basically all. Did you like, watch it all? Um, I, I skipped to the bits where stuff happened right. in the game because, but it's all like this. Right, okay. Get the fuck out of here, blood. Yeah? Get the fuck out of here, mate. Yeah? Get out of here with that shit. Yeah? Get out of here with that shit. Yeah? Get out of here with that shit. You fucking pricks, blood. You fucking pricks. Yeah? Arsenal, Arsenal, Arsenal. Arsenal, Arsenal, Arsenal. Oh, sir, no. Yeah. Fucking hell. <laughs> Imagine listening to that. Don't forget to like and subscribe, guys. Um, he says, yeah. What was that? Which part of the game was that? I think that was... Because the fact that... The, during the break. The <laughs> fact that we don't know. He just does that. He just says like three words and then says, yeah, at the end of everything for, for three hours. Don't like it, yeah. Bizarre. Yeah. Great. I can see why Arsenal Fan TV might have moved him on. He seemed quite sane, did Arsenal Fan TV, I have to say. Whenever, mm. I suppose it's because they're doing well now but before it's always been very unhinged whereas they were even about the disallowed goal they were like oh no that should be a goal it just seemed it seemed out of character I don't yeah. know if they've made a conscious choice to get away from maybe people like troops who, <laughs> who, who just shout and scream and are idiots but yeah, yeah and also I play to Arsenal fan TV because often when it's a Sunday game 
I'm digging around trying to find some of this stuff, like for Palace or whoever. Quite hard to come by stuff. Arsenal Fan TV, straight on there after the game, nicely chopped up into different clips, nicely edited, sound quality is good. Making Michael's job easier for him. Thank right? you very much, Arsenal. <laughs> <laughs> right, still City Extra, Consuelo, they lost to Liverpool. And the reason why we're doing this, they're, they're the most Mancunian lads ever, aren't they? They are, bless them. And it's because the person who was at fault for the goal that Mo Salah scored yeah. was, was indeed Consuelo, which has become Moscow's little catchphrase. Here we go. It's so poor, Alison goes long. Oh no! It's fucking Cancelo again on Salah! Fucking one! It's fucking oh hell, Cancelo! God. He's done it again! He did that last time! He always has to do that, bro! Bro, he's done him. He cannot play at this ground ever again! He does this so many times! What a ball from Alison. Fucking hell! <laughs> it literally, someone in the chat literally just said they're going to go long ball and they have got long ball. Cancelo does that. He's done that twice last time. Twice. He's done it again. So poor, man. So poor. Oh, Fucking no. hell. <laughs> oh, you've been done, Cancelo, mate. You've been done. You've been done, Cancelo, mate. You've been done. <laughs> oh, that stinks. This result... Fucking stinks. Pep Guardiola, it's your fucking your fault with his stupid tactics, man. Why has he started this team? <laughs> this team. <laughs> your stupid tactics. Consuelo. <laughs> Dear me. Uh, you might only lose one game all season. How terrible for you. Here's a question for you then, based on that. You know, like, Alisson booted it up to uh, Salah, mm. who beat Consuelo for that goal. We don't really do that, do we? We don't ever try and catch anyone on the break like that anymore. I've noticed Melia doing it the opposite quite often actually we seem to we go from 100 to 70 100 to 70 yeah, yeah you can see sometimes he, the crowd is a bit like go on now, now go yeah. but he kind of just goes oh, no hang on hang on let's get ourselves set it's nice that the whole team seems to have got that message though I remember there were times last season when he'd have mm. the crowd screaming at him to roll it out there'd be Rodrigo screaming at him to roll it out and then there'd be Llorente screaming at him to just slow down and he'd, mm. Paul Melia just looked <laughs> I think like you stop shouting Llorente was just screaming <laughs> well yeah <laughs> roll it to me I've got a horrendously difficult diagonal pass I'm going to try to blow <laughs> which I'll do right at the very very last millisecond of available time to me let's hear from, hear from 11 Yanks then yes um, this so is the, the guy who did the song when we beat Chelsea yeah it was um I can't remember the tune of it now. It was bad. It was bad. <laughs> but I generally don't mind his watch-alongs, actually, because he's he's fairly... Um, he seems fairly thoughtful. I, when you look him up, he's done some coaching and stuff. So I think he, he kind of... He seems to understand the game, I thought, anyway. So, okay. so here he is bemoaning what Rodrigo did um, and offering it as a solution to our striking problems, which I'll, let, I'll, I'll see what you two think. Rough day for Leeds. Making their own mistakes, giving that one to Arsenal. Oh, my God. Oh, damn it. It's like, I feel like architects of their own destruction right now, Leeds, because they were playing so well. And Rodrigo, for some bizarre reason, decided to cross field the ball from the right hand side, gives it away to Arsenal. Odegaard slips in Saka, and now it's 1 0. What the actual fuck? Come on. Architects of their own destruction here. That was really poor from Rodrigo. What was he thinking? What was he thinking? Oh, Lord. Yeah, but you can't do a, a no-look switch, you know, in the in the defensive third against a team like Arsenal. He's got me so far, I say, Michael. I'm, I'm in full agreement. And mm. there, are, there are only six seconds left of this clip. <laughs> it gets worse. Honestly, Leeds should look at Josh Sargent in January if they want us a realistic striker option. Really? I mean, I know his whole account is focused on uh, kind of around the, the US men's national team. And Josh Sargent is part of that. But fucking hell no. <laughs> <laughs> we don't want screeching do we I looked at him last year 26 appearances 2 goals hmm. 
both of which were against Watford, who were also absolutely yeah, they don't count terrible. No, so just like we don't count Rodrigo's goals against Watford and Norwich <laughs> yeah. last season. We've taken on board what you said. We're just looking at some other options. Well, we've seen. I mean, fantasy is doing all right in the in the Championship, but it's a very different league, isn't it? And we've seen him have a season in the Premier League and fucking hell. I think I think I think there are levels. There, there are levels to this game. I think we were hugely Michael. confused by him last year. Was my main thing. I was yeah. like, what what is he? <laughs> like he doesn't. He's not good in the air. He's not fast. He doesn't have a good touch. He looks completely but apart directionless from, in front of the goal. But apart from that. But apart from that, yes. He's uh, he's maybe an option. Maybe he's improved. There you go. Then. How old is he? Uh, like 25 or something. Yeah. 30. He's probably not improved, has he? <laughs> he doesn't look like he started shaving though, does he? Uh, well, there you go. That wraps up propaganda for this time. There's propaganda extra coming as well for our TSB Plus members. If you spot anything as well, send it to us and we can include it in the show as well if you spot clips of mad old shit on the internet. There we go. We'll speak to you soon. The Square Ball Podcast. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.